1: Yes, indeed. Good morning. I am joined this morning by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions by phone and by text. Good morning, Teresa.
2: Good morning, Danny.
1: What a beautiful morning, and it looks like a great day to get outside and get some uh, maybe last-minute gardening things done. What do you think?
2: I think so. It's going to be one of those perfect days to get out there and do stuff.
1: Actually, it looks like uh, pretty much all this week, all, although the uh, temperatures, well, we expected it. it's this time of year, uh, as we head through the week, we'll be probably in the upper 20s for overnight lows. So uh, I guess uh, I guess it's it's just about over for another year, unless you can bring in some plants. I suppose
2: you can bring in your plants. Uh, you can be planting lots of bulbs right now. That's a wonderful. Get your garlic mm. planted, uh, your daffodils, tulips, and all those minor bulbs. If you don't think about next spring. You want to see pretty.
1: That's true. Good good point. Let, let's let give our uh, listeners a chance to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, here's the phone number. It's also the text number, so it works for either. 651-461-9226. Let me give you that again. 651-461-9226. And as usual, Teresa, uh, folks, a lot of folks know that number already, and they're already sending in uh, text questions uh, knowing you're you're going to be on this morning, so here we go. Let's uh, get a because you know how busy we get, right, Teresa? I we mean, do. We... we
2: get really busy, yep. And I love answering questions. So.
1: Good deal. Here, here we go. We'll put you to work. Raspberries, how do they spread by seed or by root growth?
2: Yes. They spread by both. <laughs> usually usually it's just the roots. The, the roots will spread out. But I have had seeds sprout, um, and I know there's seeds because I don't have any raspberries in my yard, and all of a sudden they'll show up from a seed. So, yes, the, it's usually, though, by root growth is how you're going to get them spread.
1: I know we're getting, you know, the temperature, as I said, getting colder, cooler and colder. Uh, there's a maple tree question. Is it okay to prune maple trees right now?
2: It's really not okay to prune anything unless you have to. Um, for some for some reason, if ever a branch is broken, or this it's not a good time to prune anything right now. Um, but if there's one branch that is in your way, it's going to be hit by snowblowers. It's going to hit you when you shovel. Um, if you have to prune it now, one branch would be okay.
1: And as far as uh, oaks, that's another one, right? I mean, you that's wait, wait no, till the dead of no, winter. No, yeah. You're
2: right? Think about, think about all those trees that can have some kind of disease on them, and um, oaks, apples, elms, ashes. Think about the only time, the good time to prune them is when there's no bugs around, because when there's no bugs around, it's too cold for funguses too. So think about January, February, the first week of March. That's it.
1: Okay. Back to the phones we go. Donna is calling from Northfield this morning. Donna, good morning. You're, you're on with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney.
2: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Can I cut down my roses, sedum, and peonies as I put leaves over them? Is it okay if I cut them down? You can cut down your, once everything is killed by the frost, you can go ahead and prune back your your peonies. That's fine. You want to prune those back. The roses, if you have to cut them down, um, I would wait until you do cover them. uh, And you don't want to cover them with the mulch until the ground's just about frozen. Uh, and then you would cut them back to how far you want to prune them back um, and then cover them to protect them from the rabbits and the deer. And the other was the sedum. I would leave the sedum standing up all winter. They make a great winter interest plant. Um, they hold the snow really pretty when we get snowfalls. Uh, and, and, but if you need to cut them down, once anything is killed by the frost, you can cut it down with your perennials like your peonies and, and sedums.
1: Okay. Good morning. This texter says, I have seed pods from swamp milkweed. When and how do I plant the seeds? Thank you.
2: Good question. And thank you for thinking about those. These are one of those plants that are, uh, it's a a native plant, and it has to go through winter stratification, which means it needs to go through the winter cold. And that means that you can plant it now, or you can do something called winter planting in the in the um, in the in the January and February, well, you just plant them in milk jugs outside. They still go through winter stratification, and then they they will prop, prop up and prop up, in, and then you can plant them out in the spring.
1: Okay, let's go to Sunrise, Minnesota. I think Kevin's calling in with a question from Sunrise. Kevin, good morning. What is your question for uh, Teresa? My question is, I. I filled up my old potatoes plot, and I came up with a
2: bonus of candle lilies that I'd planted 10, 15 years ago, and I tore the bulbs, I got them out of the gut, and I scraped off the dirt, but how do you store them, and then when do you replant them? Okay, so so you'd want to to bring those in after the after, before the ground freezes, obviously, um, and then you've you've scraped out most of the dirt. You want them to harden off just a little bit, to callus off just a little bit. Leave them sit in your house uh, maybe a week or two, just so that they just kind of get a little bit of a hard skin, and then you can store them in a cool cool dark location, um, a basement if it's if it's not uh, a finished basement. Um, check them every once in a while just to make sure they're not molding and they're not too dry and then I would definitely go to the extension website extension.umn.edu and see what particular needs the canna lilies have. Um, every bulb and tuber tumor has its own special need whether it's more humidity less humidity more warmth less warmth but you're thinking probably 45 to 55 and more humidity less humidity more warmth less warmth but you're thinking probably 45 to 55 and then that's the temperature you want to look at so if you have a root cellar that would be fantastic but if you don't have a root cellar then a, a cool basement or a very cool closet that can stay dark and just check on them frequently during this season
1: Lawn question Teresa is it too early for dormant seating
2: Unless you're up north and you've already gotten snow. You you don't want to put the seeds down until the ground's starting to freeze a little bit because you don't want them to start to, to, to break dormancy. You want them to stay cold. You want them not to start to root out and break dormancy. So Wait until it's a little colder. Even just a little before the first snow that you're going to get that's going to keep them out there. That would be the ideal time because then you're protecting them from birds and everything else that's coming out. But do keep mowing your lawn.
1: Yep, good point. Uh, Let's go to the phones again. Uh, Mary is calling in from Crystal, I believe, this morning. Mary, good morning. You're on with Teresa.
2: Good morning. My question is about nasturtiums. Last summer, I had a lovely crop, and there were little seeds, which I planted this year. And I have this huge, they're overflowing, and I'm still picking them. But there is not one seed on them. What's going on? They might not just have gotten pollinated, that would be my guess, or it could be if they're a hybrid um and they came back differently that those just didn't didn't seed as much so and and also if it's in too rich of a soil if if they're in too rich of a soil, they don't flower as much, so you're not going to have the chance of seeds. so those are some of the options I would think of,
1: okay. Let us take a quick break, Teresa, and we'll be back with more of our Smart Garden show here on CCO. 36 degrees, going for 55 with sunshine here. You stay with us on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. Same number, 651 461 A couple of uh, lawn questions again, uh, Teresa, uh, both about, uh, well, one is about fall fertilizer. Is it too late to put fall fertilizer down?
2: Um, I don't think it's too late. If you haven't done it yet and you really wanted to do it, Go ahead and do it. Uh, do it before it rains, and if you're not going to do it before the ground freezes, don't do it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. This <laughs> this may be a good the uh, good week to do it too. Yeah. Uh, when I dormant seed texture says, does the grass have to be cut as short as possible?
2: Not as short as possible, but as short as. Healthy, so maybe down to three inches, down to two and a half inches. You don't want to be scraping up uh, the, the growing points or anything like that. But if you can remove a bunch of that grass so you can get those seeds down onto the soil, that's your best chance for good dormant seed seeding.
1: Okay. Uh, this listener says, are you supposed to put brown tree wrap on? Also, is there an easy way to put those white tree guards on? It's only the white tree guards that uh, we're supposed to use. Is it only the white tree guards that we're supposed you, to use. What do you say?
2: You can yeah, well, you can use the light brown tree wrap if you're dealing with things like maybe sun scald or uh, assault from your snow blower or say, or the blow the snow from your snow blower if you're trying to prevent animals then I would definitely do either hardware cloth as a cylinder around the tree uh, a little ways away from the tree or the white tree guards And there's a super easy way to put those white tree guards on. You cut them in half lengthwise. So you have two long skinny halves, and then you just put them around the tree and you duct tape them back together. And then in the spring, you just have to unduct tape or um, cut one side and they come off really easy. They're never gonna scratch your tree. But you do have to put them on in November and take them off in March. You don't want to leave them on too long. And do use light-colored ones, not dark-colored ones. The dark-colored ones can heat up too much, and you definitely don't want to leave them on all summer because that lets lots of moisture in there and lots of insects in there, and it just creates problems for the trees.
1: Okay. This listener says, how can I save my geraniums? They were spectacular this year and still look great.
2: Oh, wonderful. Okay. So the best thing to do are that you have a bunch of options. You can cut your geraniums way back and bring them in the house. You must use them as a house plant all winter long. Give them a the bright sun. If they're actively growing and flowering, fertilize them. If they're just growing but not very active and they're just kind of hanging on, just keep them well watered. Otherwise, you can take dig them up, shake a lot of the soil off of the ground And then just put those in loose paper bags in a cool place in your basement somewhere and then check on them every month or so to make sure they're not rotting and they're not too desiccated. If they're a little too dry, give them a little sprinkle of water, just a light spritz. Or you can take cuttings of your favorite geraniums and you can root those cuttings on and treat those as young houseplants all summer, all winter long, and then plant those up in the spring in your house. Uh, January, February, you get them in their pots, get them nice and big and growing. You'll have great big plants going out into next year.
1: If you're just joining us here on Smart Garden, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is answering your questions. Again, either by phone or by text, 651 461 Should I, texter says, cut back my roses before covering them?
2: Well, if you're going to cover them, you'll want to cut them back as far as you're going to cover them. If you're putting the covers on the uh, the, the, the styrofoam or the, the um, pressed pressed paper covers, you put the styrofoam covers on, make sure you leave the tops off of them. They have to breathe. Otherwise, if you're just going to cover them with leaves, um, just cut them back as far as you have to to cover them with the leaves. I would wait until the last minute to do that. You don't want to cut them back too early now. It's way too early to be covering them, unless you're already expecting frozen ground and it's and it's really cold where you are and you're already getting snow. Otherwise, it's way too early to cover them. They're, they're just not ready for that.
1: Teresa, this listener says, many of our yards were devastated this year by the beetles that left their larvae and tore up our lawns. I put down a grub killer, which was helpful, but the bag says... You may have to do it again in four months. Can I do this now to prevent them from taking hold of my lawn next spring, or should I wait until the snow is off in the spring?
2: I would wait until the snow is off in the spring, and then I would read the instructions again, and also go to the extension website to make sure you're dealing with whatever larvae you're dealing with. Um, it, right now, a lot of the grubs have moved down way deeper into the soil. As the soil cools, they move down further so they don't get frozen, and then the, the killing agents just don't reach them. So, so the grub killers just don't reach them. So you want to, you want to get them when they come back up to the surface where they're going to be feeding, and that's when you want to. that's when the killer is most effective because obviously they'll be getting contact with it. Uh, So read the instructions and then do go to the extension website to see the life cycle of of the beetle grubs. And then you'll be able to see, oh, that's when I should do it. They'll be closer to the surface in June or May or whatever the, whatever the extension website is telling you, that's when I would do it. I wouldn't do it too early or I wouldn't do it now.
1: You mentioned that website just a bit ago, Teresa. I think it's worth mentioning uh, more uh, a couple of times before. Like we always like to do, it's it's, it's a tremendous resource. And that extension, that that website is extension.umn.edu. Uh, it's wonderful. Oh, there's so much in there, and especially so when you think there. about. it. We say this every season, winter season. It's great winter reading. It's great reading any time of the year. But but if you're planning ahead, which you should do. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's lots of info, whether it be shrubs or trees or whatever the case may be, extension.umn.edu. You will love it.
2: you will love it there's a there's a little gardening news there so you can get updated uh information that's right to this time of year there's all kinds of information about why would you want to grow a rain garden why would you want to garden sustainably how can i improve my soils there's just all kinds of information that we don't always think of as gardeners because there's just so much and it's so exciting and we might get focused on one thing but it's just great ideas and what kind of plants can it grow it's just wonderful
1: yeah and uh, and and lawn care you know, you've Long got care. a whole selection. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
2: Yep. There's uh, all kinds of stuff there, stuff there, so you can really. And you can also contact Master Gardeners on there if you do have a problem. There's Ask a Master Gardener, and you can contact the Master Gardeners through there via the yeah. website.
1: Check it out, extension.umn.edu. Teresa, let's have a quick break and have a look at that forecast, that weather forecast. Looks pretty good. No moisture, however, but it uh, looks like there will be lots of sunshine. So we'll check it out in a moment and have another half hour of our Smart Garden show here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text, as usual. Here is that one number to remember, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226. I was just thinking, Teresa, what a great weekend to get to the Arboretum. It would be so beautiful, beautiful. Out
2: there. Beautiful. Yes. And the Apple House afterwards.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pick up some apples there. That's just in. In fact, it's just a. What do they say? A hop, skip, and a jump from
2: uh,
1: from the <laughs> arboretum. Is. Just take a left hand and pulling out there, and uh, and you're you're there. But uh, but uh, you, online, you need reservations, right?
2: You do. You do need reservations. Not, not for the apple can,
1: house. Not for the. Not apple for
2: the house, apple house, but, but for the for the arboretum. But just yep, get out there and enjoy it before the before the snow, before it's too chilly. But just get out there and, and enjoy that beautiful sunshine, what there is of it, and the beautiful fresh air.
1: Yeah, for sure. Here's a question about mums. I have a mum, Texter says, that was purchased at a food store. It was doing great, bloomed for a month, now is looking poorly. I use a water meter, so I don't think it's overwatered. but wonder if it's because their growth is, quote, forced.
2: It, it could be. It could just be that, it's it's done blooming for the season. so I'm not sure if you have it outside or inside the house. Um, inside the house they're a little harder to keep alive for a longer period of time. And a lot of times we can just plant them outside sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. Um, but if you do if you do have them outside planted, don't trim them back at all even once they get killed by the frost. mulch them heavily, mark them, and then in the spring pull back that mulch. And when I say mulch heavily, I mean, mulch after the ground has frozen very heavily with a bunch of these.
1: Okay this listener wants to bring my sedum in the house over the winter can they do that?
2: You you could um, if they're not winter hardy otherwise if they are winter hardy I would just keep them planted in the ground outside. However if you have a container of sedum that you really like maybe it's just a beautiful container and you don't want to replant it again in the spring bring them into the house treat them as a regular house plant um, clean off the container really well before you bring it in. Segregate them away from your other plants for about two weeks just to make sure nothing else came in with them. And then give them as much light as you possibly can during the wintertime. Good luck. Okay.
1: Can I still plant, it? a listener says, a bleeding heart root this fall?
2: If you've got a bleeding heart root ready to be planted, you better get it planted, yes. It's, it's not the best time. But you can, if you have to, if someone just gave it to you or you didn't plant it yet, get it in the ground. That's where it's going to survive the best. Uh, Give it a good water when you plant it. And then as soon as the ground starts to freeze or has frozen, mulch it very, very well. But do keep everything watered because we don't have more water in in the rain in the forecast. So keep your garden and especially your lawn and especially your evergreens well watered.
1: True. Uh, this listener wants, uh, excuse me. No, can I propagate a boysenberry bush, and when is the right time?
2: Hmm, that's a new one on me. I'm, I'm sure you can. Uh, I would try maybe air lay, layering it, where you uh, take a little nip in the in the in the branches that are closest to the ground. Poison berries. I just okay. Um, then then uh, bury that little bit of the stem under the ground. Maybe put a little rock on top of it. I would probably do that now or in the spring, and then just keep that growing for maybe a season, and then carefully see if it's rooted out, and then at that time disconnect it from the mother plant and plant it on. Um, I just don't know about poison berries for sure, but that that would be my guess of how to propagate it. Okay.
1: Can I still transplant hostas is the next question
2: you know you can do anything you want. should you be doing it now probably not unless you have to if if it's a have to because you're going to move you have you have Building projects coming up, there's something wrong in the area where you've got to get the plant out of there um, it's going to survive better if you do transplant it again. transplant it, disturb the roots as little as possible, give it as much water as you pot well a good drink of water, keep watering it till the grounds frozen, and then mulch it heavily. pull back that mulch early in the spring. Uh, because you don't want it to get crown rot, it's not the best time to be transplanting anything right now. They don't have time to get into the ground and root out before the ground freezes. But there are problems. There are sometimes where you just have to do something. It's can you? Yes. Should you? Probably not.
1: Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your lawn and garden questions on CCO this morning. How do I winterize hibiscus on a raised bed? Is the next one.
2: So hopefully it's a winter, uh, hopefully it's a hardy hibiscus and hopefully you've planted it toward the center of the raised bed. What you want to do is then let it die down naturally, mulch it heavily with leaves once the ground is frozen. If it's near the front of the bed where it's going to, where that wood or whatever you have containing your raised bed could get hit by winter sun, whether it's the south or the west sun maybe put some some bags of leaves in front of that to just minimize the thawing out of that part of the ground. And what you wanna do is let it go into dormancy, let it go into freezing and keep it frozen. You don't want it to be freezing and thawing all winter long. So if you can prevent that from happening and then pull back the leaves in the spring, after you've mocked it this fall, because they come up really late in the, summer, in the late spring, early summer. Sometimes they don't show up until almost the 4th of July and it freaks you out. Then they come up and they grow like gangbusters. But you just got to be understanding it, it takes a long time for it to wake up out of dormancy. Good luck with that.
1: Here's our phone number, it's also our text number for your lawn or garden questions 651 461. 9226. Let's go to the phones. Cindy is calling in from Andover this morning. Thank you, Cindy. What's your question for uh, Teresa Rooney?
2: I got a, a poinsettia, a small poinsettia. at the white poinsettia last Christmas time, and it still looks good. So what can I do to make it so uh, it does something pretty this winter? Okay, what you want to do is make sure you've brought it back into the house or if it's been in the house all this time, that's wonderful. Then you're going to want to go to the extension website, extension.umn.edu, and look into how to make my poinsettia bloom or turn color again. What you want to do is make those leaves turn colors. And and it entails a, a combination of light and dark, and the dark has to be absolute dark. It can't be a room where it just gets maybe a little lamp in there or... A room where you open up occasionally and light comes in during that dark time, it kind of will wreck the whole system. It's got to be dark like a closet or put a box over it and then take the box off and then put the box back on for the number of hours, the light and dark. And and it's a a long procedure and can take, I think it's 12 weeks, so you've got to get on it right away if you want it for the holiday season.
1: Uh, we uh, got a question, another one, about uh, mowing the lawn, which is important this time of year. For for what height and why is that so important?
2: The, the mowing of lawn, you don't want to go too short because if you go too short, you cut right into the stems of the grass. And if there's still growing time, which lots of our lawns can grow in the cooler season, um, you cut it off of, of, of being able to photosynthesize. Also, when you go that short, um, you, you, can scalp, you can scalp the yard and scalp the grass, and that can injure the growing points. If you leave it too long, so it gets four inches, five inches. That laying on your soil all winter long, laying under the under the snow all winter long can promote spring and uh, uh, spring molds and uh, snow molds they're called and look really gross. It's not a big deal, it's just unappetizing to look at it and have to get out there and fix it and rake it up. But if you just cut it back just a little bit, you normally cut it at three and a half inches, maybe just cut it down to three inches. Just just take a little bit more of the leaf off you don't have to get crazy about it. Um, you're mulching. You use the mulcher more. That will really help it. Uh, that, that's why we want to maybe adjust the the, grow, the uh, mowing just a little bit down in the fall. If you're m- normally three and a half to four, three and a half to four, you go up and down like that all the time. Just bring it down to three. You don't have to get crazy.
1: Another long question, getting a lot of them this uh, time of year. What about aeration? Can that still be beneficial now?
2: Aeration is beneficial now. The ground hasn't frozen yet. Right. Uh, if, yep. So go ahead and do your aeration. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'll help that will help reduce the compaction.
1: Teresa, this listener wants to know, what is another medium besides straw to pack around the base of a rose bush.
2: Uh, leaves, especially if you have things like oak leaves, because they don't mat down as well. Uh, nice dried leaves are wonderful to, to use to pack around.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, here's a good question. I I know what you're going to say. Hello, uh, hello, Denny and Teresa. You mentioned dormant seeding earlier. If I dormant seed this fall, can I apply pre-emergent crabgrass preventer next spring?
2: It depends. You want to make sure that you apply the pre-emergent after your grass seed has sprouted. So make sure you've gone out there, checked has your grass seed sprouted. If it's up and growing, then you can put down your pre-emergent. If, however, we get a really late, late, late spring and it doesn't come up till May, and you want to put down your pre-emergent, then you you have to skip it and just deal with the crabgrass and the other pre-emergent weed seeds that would be coming up.
1: Okay. Here's one for you. What is the best way to winter a ruby lace pitcher plant? It's zone six hardy.
2: Um, to winter that that you just bring in the house. That <laughs> that baby has got to come in the house.
1: <laughs> zone <laughs> definitely, six,
2: definitely, yeah, zone six. That's that's way far away from here. You bring it in the house uh, again. Treat it. You know, clean the the, pl- the pot off really well. Segregate it from your other plants for two weeks. Uh, Bring it in the house. And then you'll have to go to a a website like maybe the University of Florida or uh, University of Miami to get some good tropical information about how to keep those tropical plants alive in your house. Those states down in the south, uh, like Florida, they they have some really good information on tropicals. So again, you would go to the extension, um, the, the Florida website extension. Uh, f- dot edu for Florida.
1: And a smart garden show would not be complete without this question: Is it too creeping late? To- <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Is it too late to kill creeping Charlie?
2: Oh, if creeping Charlie's still growing, it's not too late to kill it. So you, But you do need to read the label instructions. So we're going to have some pretty cool temperatures, and it may be too late to put down the chemical because the chemical may need to be at 50 and 60 degrees. Uh, for the for the air temperature and I think we're only going to get into the 40s I believe that's what what Danny was saying so then it's too late in that respect so then you would have to do manual pulling but if we get the air temperature to the right amount and it's not raining and it's not windy and it works out with the label if creeping Charlie or any of those broadleaf weeds are still alive and growing you still have time to apply the chemicals that would um, kill them or set them back.
1: Okay. Back to the phones we go. Cottage Grove is our location. Mike is calling in. Uh, Mike, good morning. What's your question for Teresa Rooney?
2: Yes, I have difficulty storing dahlia bulbs and cana tubers, and I was wondering if you could build an old-fashioned potato clamp in the ground to store them over winter and then dig them up in the spring. Um, I'm not sure what the potato thing is that Mike's talking about, but I would hesitate to leave anything like a cana or a dahlia over winter outside. I think the soil just would freeze too deeply. I'm not sure what he's talking about with with that. So I can't help you with that one, but I would definitely suggest going to the extension website or even uh, checking out the dahlia. I can't help you with that one, but I would definitely suggest going to the extension website or even uh, checking out the Dahlia, the Dahlia Minnesota State Dahlia Growers. Um, They they have some good information. Dahlias kind of frightened me a little bit because they're so specialized with their, with their, with their storage, and then those flowers come out and they're just so amazing and beautiful. And I just envy the people who have the abilities to grow them. But um, you can do it, but I wouldn't leave them outside.
1: Okay, let's uh, take a quick break here, invite our listeners to join in. We have more text messages to answer, 651-461-9226, here on Smart Garden on News Talk 830 WCCO. good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour with some great help, like folks, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, who's answering your questions, your lawn and garden questions this particular morning at 651-461-9226. All right, Teresa, we still have some business to take care of, so let's get back to it. Uh, Is it too late, this listener wants to know, to plant some tulip bulbs?
2: No, it's not too late to plant tulips. You can get the tulips in as long as the ground isn't frozen. So get the tulips in. Daffodils should have been in already, but if you've got the bulbs, get them in. Uh, Buy up the bulbs. Plant the bulbs. You'll be so thankful next spring.
1: Uh, This listener's question says, uh, when should I cut back limelight hydrangea tree? It was very full of flowers this year. How do I trim it so it won't be as full next year? I worry about the flowers being too heavy for the branches.
2: You know, a lot of our plants, if they, as long as they can be nice and big and strong, they can support whatever they're growing. So unless they get a heavy snow on top of them or we get some torrential rains that beat them down, they, they're strong enough to support those heavy flowers. So I wouldn't cut them back for that reason. I would definitely, though, go to the Extension website and check on what they suggest for cutting back the limelights. Each hydrangea either blooms on new or old wood, so that depends on when you're going to prune it. And right now is not really the time to be pruning anything. But I would definitely go to the Extension website and check out how to prune my hydrangea. And they'll give you some really good ideas about how to make those those, um, branches nice and strong. If you keep cutting them back, you're always going to have thin, wobbly branches. So you just want to make sure it's a nice, healthy, strong plant, and it will be able to hold up its flowers on its own.
1: Why don't you give us that Extension website again, please?
2: Extension.umn.edu.
1: That's so great. You're going to love it. it. You, it yeah, you won't regret it. Uh, you it,
2: just want to look at pretty pictures, it's no, fine. No,
1: it's true. I mean, it, it, especially, and we do get, as you know, I mean, you're a master gardener, but we get uh, other gardeners uh, on this show, and we have beginning gardeners, which is always kind of fun to hear mm-hmm. from. So you don't have to be a master gardener, but you learn a lot from that website.
2: And, you know, and and every gardener is a beginner gardener, no matter how long you've been a gardener. So even if you're just starting and this stuff seems like, oh, my gosh, I'll never understand it. Don't worry. Just do one thing at a time. Learn one thing at a time. It's how we all garden, one step at a time, one spade shovel at a time. It's just just get out there and just start, and, and you'll really enjoy it. And don't be intimidated by what you don't know, because we all don't know a whole lot of stuff, no matter how long we've been gardening.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of excitement there to learn too. It, I mean, it when, is, it's fun when, learning. When Teresa, when when do the we always ask you this every year, When, when do the does the Master Gardener program if somebody's interested in becoming a master gardener. Let's go to that end of the spectrum. How how do they do that?
2: How do they do that? That's a really good question. Uh, Right now here in Hennepin County, we've already been interviewing our gardeners. So we're already starting on this next crop of gardeners, so to speak. But if you're interested, just go to the extension website and there'll be a little tab there, how to become a master gardener. Then you can look up when your county takes applications because each county does it in a slightly different time frame it's pretty much though most of them start taking applications in the summertime then they start interviewing or whatever in August September October so so that's kind of where where they where it is and then the gardeners take their class in spring and um, out at the Arboretum or online uh, during January February and uh, then in Hennepin County, we match you up with other gardeners so that you have mentors that will help you the first year because it can be kind of scary. But it's not really. It's just there's just so much to fun, so much fun to learn and everything else. And then you become a master gardener. You put in your volunteer hours, your extra education hours. And every year, master gardeners have to do volunteer hours and increase their education. Um, So they have education hours that they have to meet every year requirements. Then they're master gardeners. And master gardeners are simply people who love to garden, love to learn about gardening, and love to bring that information to their community. That's a master gardener.
1: And you guys are so helpful to each other besides the listeners and besides folks that just need questions answered, just supporting each other.
2: We support each other and we we have a, a, what's it called, like an email site Where we can ask questions of each other Ah. all year long, and so there's so it just gets crazy. Some well, it's crazy every season, Uh, but yeah, master gardeners will say we're we're having this, we're seeing this in our county, or or what what is this plant? And as other master gardeners will help pitch in and say, this is this plant, and this is what it does, and here's more information about it. So we even get learning like that from each other. So it's pretty pretty impressive. Plus, See, we're we, gardeners. You know, yeah. gardeners are cool people. All you yeah. people that are gardeners out there, you are cool people.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely. Uh, my neighbor, this texter says, has covered his bushes already with bright green plastic bags. Why would a person do that is the question.
2: <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that's, that's not the wisest thing to do. Um, I'm hoping that the bright green bags are very well perforated. Um, that they will let the plant breathe. Um, that, that sounds really scary to me. I don't know why they would do that.
1: This uh, I, listener says, I, I gave my, my sister-in-law, Teresa, an outdoor hen and chick. She's kept it in an outdoor per- porch. Uh, can we now move it, quote, outside nested against a rock or log?
2: You know, you could, it's really late to get it uh, planted outside and they do have shallower roots. Um, I would suggest maybe even bringing it in as a houseplant then, since it's been treated almost as a houseplant already. Um, It's a little little late to be trying to get it transplanted. So if she really wants it and can bring it in, I would try keeping it as a houseplant in the brightest lit area and maybe even giving it a special grow light for the season.
1: This listener, as you know, we have so many smart listeners, and is referring to that earlier caller that we were both, you and I, unfamiliar with what he was talking about, some old-fashioned. That caller, uh, as far as storing his bulbs, if you recall, uh, Mm -hmm. that that caller was probably, this listener says, talking about an old-fashioned root cellar.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't quite hear what he had said a potato right. or something, but I didn't quite hear what he said. Um, but yeah, root cellar. If you ha- if you can store your bulbs in a root cellar, that's fantastic because it's okay. at about forty forty five degrees and the right humidity, and that will be fantastic for most of your bulbs. Um, so thank, most of thank, your, you, yeah. thank you, thank listener, you, listener for for thank
1: that. Uh, here's another text. Here, I think we're going to catch them all before you leave us. Uh, when bringing in your geraniums. What should you spray the plant for for insects with?
2: You know, you don't as a, as a good stream of water will get off most of your insects if you have to, if you think there's insects on there that you haven't gotten off and uh, and you're really worried about it, you could try an insecticidal soap. Um, however, most of the time, if you just spray your plants really well with water, clean off those containers and especially the saucers and underneath, uh, clean off the soil debris that's on top, bring it in the house and keep it segregated for two or three weeks from your other plants, you'll be able to see if If there's any insects, and if there are insects at that time, identify the insects and go from there. Rather than pre-treating for insects, you don't really want to do that if you don't have to. Uh, Just one last thing that you have to worry about on your plants. But I would wait until I see problems before I would treat with anything else.
1: Sixty seconds to go. Do I need to trim dead blooms from my hydrangea bushes before next spring?
2: No. No. Enjoy them. Or trim them as craft projects.
1: All right. Well, Teresa, thank you so much, as usual, for all your great help. Now, give us one more time that University of Minnesota website, if you would.
2: Extension.umn.edu, and have a beautiful Halloween.
1: <laughs> you waited to say that, didn't you? I waited to say that. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Thanks, Teresa. Always great. Bye, Always everybody. fun.
2: everybody. Have fun. Thanks, Danny.
1: Ma- thank you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Uh, and, again, we're going to be back again next week with more Lana Garden in the uh, talk in the 8 o'clock hour. Now, get those uh, uh, porch questions, well, any kind of a home improvement question, especially decks or decking question. As we promised you, Luke Panic is returning to answer more of your questions next hour on the Home Improvement Show. Luke is the deck and porch specialist with Linda's Construction. So keep those decking questions in mind next hour. Here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Right now in the Twin Cities, a few patches of fog, but we'll see sunshine today. 55 the high right now, 37. This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.